Listener Production. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing. It's episode three of our Artificial Intelligence mini-series. And just last week, as we were making this series, one of the world's biggest AI advocates, Elon Musk, spoke out and said, hey, let's slow this AI thing down. He was adding to a chorus of more than a thousand experts around the world, all calling for AIs like ChatGPT to be immediately paused so we can first study them and mitigate any harm they could potentially cause. When this happened, it got me thinking, does that mean AI is actually a bad thing? To flesh this out, I chat to Cosmos Magazine journalist Jacinta Bola about the good, the bad, and the super ugly sides of artificial intelligence. So Jacinta, one of the things we've learned in this artificial intelligence mini-series is that there's very little actual intelligence in AI itself. The name's a little bit of a misnomer. So when we're talking about AI doing good or bad things, it's fair to say it's not actually the AI's fault, right? Yeah, AI isn't intelligent. It's not a person. It operates on what humans have fed into it or asked it to do. But if you look at what it does or can do, it can be easy to place the blame on AI that it is intrinsically good or bad. Sure. But look, if we're looking at how AI is being harnessed, there are some very clear good and bad applications and uses of AI. Meaning that we can definitely say, oh, that's really bad. Let's not do that. And others where they could be used for good or helpful things. All right, Jacinta, let's step through some of the good and bad applications of AI. Maybe let's start by ripping the Band-Aid off and get the bad stuff out of the way. What are we looking at? How bad is this? Okay, Band-Aid removal. (laughs) One of the most intense and serious ways we could start is by looking at how AI could be used to make chemical and biological weapons. I mean, yeah, like that's that's terrible. That's very bad. I'm going to say evil. So in case you didn't know, chemical and biological weapons are organisms, toxins or chemicals used to cause death. They are considered weapons of mass destruction because they can kill or injure large numbers of people and cause environmental damage. One of the things computer scientists can use AI systems for is to model new drugs and pharmaceuticals for specific conditions and then task the AI to work on discovering possible new drug molecules to use. Chemists and biologists take these results to then synthesize and test the new drugs proposed by the AI. Now, better drugs and pharmaceuticals for people with certain conditions is undeniably a good thing. Yes. But what has also become clear is the potential for these AIs to go rogue and suggest some pretty malicious uses. Rogue AIs in this instance sounds very dangerous. Can you unpack this for us a bit, Jacinda? Yeah, I guess it's not really a rogue AI so much as the capabilities of an AI. Okay. It comes from a paper called The Dual Use of Artificial Intelligence Powered Discovery. One of the factors computer scientists use to guide AI systems to narrow down the search for beneficial drugs is something called a toxicity measure. Basically, this is a means to gauge how lethal the drug could be. 
and screen out the compounds that might be toxic to users. However, these researchers pointed something out and how an AI system could essentially flip this. Oh. AI programs basically discovered a host of known chemical warfare agents and then proposed thousands of new ones, possible synthesis, that were not previously known to humankind. Just into that. That's just not, not good. That is bad. Like, that is bad AI. <laughs> we can say that's terrible, evil AI right there, I think. Yeah, it's absolutely a bad use of AI and one that we should not be doing. No. Fortunately, though, the authors stopped at the theory. Good. They didn't attempt to synthesize any newly discovered toxins. It's good. Yeah, good to know. Yes. But some commentators quickly condemned the new technology, calling it inherently evil tech. And it's easy to understand why. Yes, it is. So a pretty stark way to start the episode, Jacinta, thank you. (laughs) What is another example of AI being used for evil? And does it stand up against potential biological warfare? Because that's pretty, it's pretty hard to beat that, I reckon. Okay, so... That one was still pretty hypothetical, but there are other examples like this next one that are actually already in progress. This next one is an algorithm that for many people could, or in some cases already has, determined the trajectory of their entire life. This example has to do with artificial intelligence profiling in incarceration. Oh dear. This has been going on for some years now, but it's still happening and it's increasingly relevant. One example is AI being used in prison and law enforcement. Some police departments in the United States use predictive algorithms to think about where to send their ranks and officers. Okay. Basically, the places that could deter criminals if a police person is walking around. You can imagine how this could easily end up targeting certain areas. Sure. But one of the most controversial tools we see used are criminal risk assessment algorithms. Run us through what these are, Jacinta. These are designed to do one thing. Take the details of a defendant's profile and churn out a recidivism score. So this is a number that estimates how likely it is that person will reoffend. This score is then factored into a judge's decision making <gasps> and what sort of services they should receive even if they should be held in jail up to the point of trial or how long their sentence should be overall. Jacinta, I hate this so far. The problem is these algorithms are trained on historical crime data and certain populations have historically been disproportionately targeted by law enforcement, especially people from low-income and minority communities. And they're the ones most at risk of being slapped with high recidivism scores. As a result, This generates even more bias-tainted data, which just exacerbates a vicious cycle even further. Mm. The other thing that's probably worth noting is that with a judge, if you have a racist judge, for example, you can work that out. With an AI, sometimes you can't see what went into the AI to be able to spit out that score. So you might not be able to physically go through and check why that particular person got that particular score, which just makes it even worse. Okay, so let's jump to the flip side now, Jacinta. What are some of the good applications of artificial intelligence? Like, lift us up here, please. 
Okay, the band-aid's off. Your body's doing the healing process. Things are going well. (laughs) (laughs) So this one is about using AI to spot misinformation. Namely, misinformation about the climate and climate change. Researchers trained a machine learning model to detect and categorize climate misinformation on the internet. They reviewed more than 250,000 documents from 20 conservative think tank websites and 33 climate change denial blogs. Thank God a person didn't have to go through that because that sounds like a terrible time. Soul destroy. (laughs) And built up a two-decade history of climate misinformation. From this, they were able to pull together the major claims about climate change from these think tanks and blogs. This included stuff like, it's not happening, it's not so bad, and climate science and scientists are unreliable. Oh, we love it. Yeah, the basic stuff. So other than pulling together all of these claims, the significance of research like this being assisted by AI is so the researchers can quickly identify and then debunk this kind of misinformation. Beautiful. I love this use of AI. What else, Jacinta? What's another quote unquote good application of AI today? I wanted to talk about the absolutely cutest one. It's an artificial intelligence categorizing photos taken of animals out in the wild. Specifically in Australia, it's all animals, but you know, maybe looking at a potaroo or a little wombat or even a dingo. I love a dingo. Also feral cats, because it's important to know where feral cats are in Australia. Currently, there are lots of cameras in the wild around the country that collect a massive number of images and data. They're usually only used for a research project or two, and then the data is deleted to make room for something else. So a team of Aussie researchers have been working on building a central database to collect, store, and tag this huge quantity of data, which they've called the Wildlife Observatory of Australia or wild obs for short. All the photos will be stored in this database and then the AI can analyze and categorize them into usable groups. For example, it might be a type of animal or a particular area. So the idea is to monitor wildlife across the Australian continent and it would act as a one-stop shop for researchers so they can look for certain animals or location data without having to enter the field or do new research on this particular thing. I think it's kind of interesting as well that this is essentially facial or I guess like animal recognition feature that's being used to track animal numbers and is very similar to the facial recognition software being used to incarcerate individuals. Yeah, I guess this is a similar sentiment to what we were talking about at the start, right, Jacinta, that AI as technology isn't innately bad. It's more about how it's used or what it's used for which ultimately is a reflection of us as humans. Yeah, it's important to always remember that AI is a tool. And although we've run through a bunch of examples where AI is as objectively as you can make them, like good or evil, Mm -hmm. it isn't really either. It's how it's used by people that determines that. However, I do want to say that unlike other tools, for example, like a physical hammer, A lot of these AI or machine learning systems are being built by private companies behind non-disclosure agreements. Right. This basically means that they can do whatever they want with huge amounts of money and then no one is allowed to analyze what they're doing. And these AI systems can affect literally all of us. Plus, it's 
basically impossible for many of us to opt out of using technology or devices that means we engage with these algorithms and still be part of our society. It is really important for us to think about these big, big implications of AI in different fields. But don't think of AI as inherently evil. Understanding what AI is and how it can be used is much more helpful. Once we've had that, then we can work out how we want our AI-filled societies to run. Jacinta Bowler is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Jacinta's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. Next episode, human exploitation at the hands of artificial intelligence. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.